This is Adapted with Anna and Sam. We love books and we love movies. Warning, here be spoilers. Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna. And I'm Sam. In this podcast, we talk about a book, we talk about a movie or a TV show based on that book, we play some fun games, and we encourage you to read and watch along with us. And we are so excited because it is almost Halloween! So, we are sharpening our wooden stakes for the OV, original vampire, (laughs) Dracula! I'm glad I made you laugh at that. That was good. Uh, There have been so, so, so many versions of Dracula on stage, on film, on TV. Yes, there is an opera. Yep. So we narrowed it down to just two for today. Uh, First, the unauthorized 1922 silent film Nosferatu. And 70 years later, the 1992 Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. And it was funny, earlier I called it the Nosferatu, the unauthorized biography of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Because <laughs> um, it is. It's confusing. <laughs> um, but before we get started on that, uh, we just want to make a little announcement. We have started planning for season three. 2020 is nice. So oh my god, we just can't stop. I know. We're, we have an insatiable bloodlust, but for books and movies we have a book lust yes um so we want to open up the floor now is your chance to tell us what you want to hear us talk about is there something you're dying to hear about a childhood favorite a botched adaptation that you want us to mock anything starring Mm -hmm. richard armitage love him richard armitage that is not a hobbit Ugh. Sorry, I mean, we, we have we have vowed never to do The Hobbit. Sorry, guys. So anything other than The Hobbit, yeah. let us know. I'm just not willing to watch that movies, those no. movies again. No. Why would you? Yeah. They were actually, um, my parents and I, we went out to, to lunch the other day. And um, on the TV that I could see, they were it was playing. And I was like, I don't understand why you're torturing me. Because in a past everybody life, at this table. <laughs> in a past life. You did, I don't know. Yeah, not. apparently I did bad things. You were a Nazi or something. I, yeah, don't I don't know. You did an unauthorized version of a film. <laughs> I mean, probably. Uh, so, you ready for some quick takes? Yeah. Sam, what's your quick take? Uh, so, Bram Stoker's Dracula does not hold up well at all, and I'm a little disappointed that this DVD actually took up a spot on my DVD shelf over potentially one more worthy when I actually ended up purging my collection some time ago. And kids, DVDs are um, <laughs> these hard discs that uh, you can that you can actually insert into an old timey computer right? or and disc player. They play movies. And they play movies. And they sometimes have like you know special features, so you can do like commentaries, deleted scenes, uh, widescreen or a theatrical version. If you want us to explain VHSs, email us. <laughs> it's after that and Sam. Um, I um, do have one last part of my quick take. It was also don't throw books, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the Germans should maybe also not burn books. <laughs> oh, a little, a little too sensitive there. Dig, dig, Germans, dig. be nice to books. Right? Just please. be nice to them. They're our friends. Books are our friends. Yeah. Well, what's your quick take? Um, so my quick take, I realized something mm-hmm. that I did not know in my younger days. Okay. Dracula is not hot. This is true. I used to yep. believe that vampires were sexy, and I just... Yep. 
as I've gotten older and I've thought more about power struggles, yes. he is an aristocrat who eats a baby and sicks his dogs on people. Yes. And it's, I'm not okay with it. No. And actually, when you read the original book, it, it he does not sound hot at all. No, the physical description. No, he like sounds even really... when he even when he like deages and he like he's beca- younger. He's, he's younger. Still, like, he's still he's not still, attractive. Like, yeah, he does not sound attractive. No, no although no. his harem of demon bitches are hot in a Mean Girls kind of way. Yes, but you know we all know what happens to them. Exactly. Yep. All right. All right. Time for some six degrees. Let's do some six degrees. Do you want to go first? Ooh, sure. Um, so technically, there's a one degree. Um, Angelica Houston was in John Wick 3, Parabellum, with Keanu Reeves. Oh. Mm. So, Sick one degree, Sam. Done. Mm. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, I do want to spoil that I did not go through Nosferatu. Oh. Because... It's really hard. I don't hate myself. So... <laughs> I know you do, and I'm sure you did. I spent like a month on this. <laughs> I went through like six different versions before I finally found... Oh, wait, it, it, it's... <laughs> it's I, I'm sure it's doable. Like, up late at night with a crying baby, and I'm... <laughs> wait, I turned to my husband, I was like, wait a minute, was Kate Blanchett in a... Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I only finally got this because Stephen did help me. Oh, that's I nice. cheated a little bit. Stephen thought of the... That's good. I mean, I cheated in a way that in that I used... When I, I used some um, voice acting rather than actual physical acting. Well, tell us your, your full okay. six degrees, then. Let's do it. Okay. So, um, Angelica Houston was in Isle of Dogs with Jeff Goldblum. Okay, and that is a Jeff Goldblum moment. Thank right. you. I wanted to bring him back. Although you know what other movie Angelica Houston was in with Jeff Goldblum? Steve Zissou. The motherfucking oh. Life Aquatic with oh. Steve Zissou. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first it was funny because like, when I picked Isle of Dogs, I was like, can I do this using only Wes Anderson movies? The answer is no, because Gary Oldman was not in a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, and I yet. wanted to end with Gary Oldman. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I interrupted. Continue on. Uh, so then Jeff Goldblum was in The Fly with Gina Davis. Mm. Also, Earth Girls Are Easy. Yes. Both excellent movies yes. in very different ways. In very different ways. <laughs> um, Gina Davis was in A League of Their Own with Lori Petty. Lori Petty was in Tank Girl mm. with Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts was in King Kong with Jack Black. Oh, that is not no, it's no, not, he's not. A good movie. Nope. I feel like Peter Jackson really looked out with the first Lord of the Rings movies and like his earlier work because Heavenly Creatures and The Frighteners were both very so good. So good. So good. But Is and, The Frighteners like, based on a book? Oh, I don't think so. I know. Um, but yeah, so anyways, and then Jack Black was in Kung Fu Panda 2 with Gary Oldman. Again, voice acting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well done. Thank you. What is yours? Um, so this is this is what kept me up nights. <laughs> Angelica Houston mm-hmm. was in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou with Kate Blanchett. Oh, very nice. Who was in Thor Ragnarok. Great movie. With oh Anthony my God. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins, of course, is in Bram Stoker's Dracula with Richard E. Grant. Love him. We're not done. Richard E. Grant is in The Piano with John Gilgood, who is in... The Murder on the Orient Express, 1974, which we did last season. Yeah, we did. With Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman was in For Whom the Bell Tolls with Alexander Granich. Granich? Granich? Yeah. I don't know. He's German. And he was in Nosferatu! I did it. Congratulations. It really I had to scroll through a lot of German language movies to find something. Yeah, I was that... not willing to do that at all. Yeah, I know. Nope. 
It's fun. I did it for both of us. Thank I you. did it for everyone. <laughs> thank this you so my much. Gift to the world. Everyone appreciates your sacrifice. And thanks, I'm Stephen, never, as well. I'm never getting those hours back. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> we may need to rethink the format for season three. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the best part. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I just don't try and do everything through a life aquatic Steve's suit next time. Have you met you? I've never met me. I've never been to me. I've never read my book. <laughs> Anyways, would you like to give us your book report? I'd love to. So um, this episode, yes. Sam and I are splitting the book report since we're talking about two different movies. So I will start. Sam will finish. Compare and contrast our lighting, writing styles. But I think for this group report, everyone should get an A+. Yes. So here we go. Bram Stoker's Dracula, the book. You should see her hand movements. They are on I'm point. I'm doing some amazing hand movements, <laughs> some choreography. I was planning this out while I was doing them. It's not the port degrees. at all. It's not the alcohol that I haven't had in a long time. All right. So, Dracula was written by Irish theater manager and author Bram Stoker and published in May of 1897. It is an epistolary novel uh, comprised of letters, diary entries, and newspaper articles written by various characters in the book, all of whom have writing styles nearly identical to Bram Stoker. What? I know. It's so weird. That's shocking. Uh, so reading Dracula, I had the strongest sense of deja vu because, of course, we all know the story. Mm-hmm. We've all seen it a million times. In um, It's been referenced. There are parodies. So even if you even, you've never he, have had to have seen a film version of Dracula, right. you, you know, know the, the story. story. Yep. Um, and so much of what we accept now as vampire lore comes directly from Bram Stoker's version yes. of the creature. Just like 100 years from now, our grandchildren will just accept the vampire sparkle because of... Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you really have to go there? I can move on. So sitting down and actually reading the book, it feels like, oh, I've, I've been here before, although I didn't know there'd be quite so much about train schedules. Um, I mean, you need to know when you need to go somewhere. <laughs> I've been taking the train a lot more lately, and my husband keeps like not getting the right train... And I was like, well, why did you take that one? And he's like, well, I didn't know that that was one that got redirected for no reason. I'm like, how did you not know? How did you not check before you got on the train? Which train schedules? See, and very I'm like, important. Oh my God, Mina, I feel you. Right. And suddenly, like, Mina Harker and I are like in sync. Yes. I mean, I have them printed all over my cube, I have the app on my phone. Yeah. Some of us just find out where a train is going before we get on it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the book begins with young solicitor Jonathan Harker. Who relies on his wife to tell him when the trains are coming. He relies on Mina for an awful lot. Well, she's great. Yeah, she is. I, I mean, she's very reliable. So Jonathan Harker uh, is traveling to meet his client, Count Dracula, at his castle in the Carpathian Mountains to finalize the sale of property in London to the wealthy but reclusive Count. Uh, Dracula is warm and welcoming, if a bit strange, but it does not take long for Harker to realize the awful truth. Harker is a prisoner in the castle, and something terrible is going on. Heavy boxes are being filled with dirt. Harker is accosted by three strange and beautiful women who seem to want to bite him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, before the count, count appears and stops them. And this is the scene, people, where uh, the Count lost all appeal for me. To placate the three ladies, he gives them a small child that he pulled out of a bag. Yum. A few days later, a distraught woman appears at the castle screaming for her child, and the Count calls down a pack of wolves who descend on the woman and devour her. Yeah, he's a good guy. He is definitely part of the 1%. He is, uh, he's who I hope all men aspire to be because he's just so dreamy. He's gross. Yeah. So, when the Count leaves for England, Harker attempts to escape by jumping from a castle window. 
But enough about the uh, gothic adventures. Back in England, Harker's young fiance, who we just mentioned, she's a capable school teacher named Wilhelmina, aka Mina, to her one friend, Lucy Westenra. And she visits Lucy in the coastal town of Whitby while she's waiting for Jonathan to come home. Lucy has uh, three suitors, a rich aristocrat named Arthur Holmwood, an American cowboy named Quincy Morris, and a doctor named John Seward. Uh, Dr. Seward, by the way, runs an insane asylum where his favorite inmate is the bug-eating Renfield. Lucy chooses, drumroll please, the rich guy! What? I know, I was so surprised. That came out of left field! Um, Anyways, Lucy starts sleepwalking, leaving the house in the night, and her health starts to wane. She becomes more and more pale, and two little marks appear on her neck. Dr. Seward calls upon his old friend and teacher, Dr. Van Helsing, to help with Lucy's bizarre case. It's like they've never seen hickeys before. It's like they've never heard of vampires before. (laughs) After several... Have they not read Dracula? Right? After several blood transfusions, she does seem to get better, enough that Mina feels safe to leave Lucy and go to Jonathan, who has turned up at a hospital in Budapest, weak and delirious, but alive. But Lucy again worsens. She succumbs and dies. Van Helsing knows, though, that this is not the end of it. No. Dun, dun, dun. What? Sam, part two, over to oh, you. All right. Oh, the pressure. Okay, I can do this. All right. Yes, you can. Following Lucy's death and burial, the newspapers report children being st- children being stalked in the night by a blue fur lady. That is a beautiful lady. It's Cockney slang, folks. Right? Um, yeah, Stoker's big on doing, like, Col- uh, the, the colloquialism. So, like... Not the colloquialism. That's the wrong one. Uh... Uh, What's the term oh, when you right. spell the way it's pronounced? I don't remember. As an That's English major, is. I'm embarrassed by myself right now. Well, but I was a theater major. I should have. I should know yeah. this too. <laughs> like li- like Mina's friend who like just talks like in that. Like what's like? Luckily, I was able to translate it in my head. Mm. But I was like, oh, this is tough. Oh, Anyways, yeah, the the old sailor who yeah who ends up dying eventually mysteriously dies mysteriously mysteriously. Um, anyways, so Van Helsing, knowing Lucy has become a vampire, confides in Seward, Holmwood, and Morris. The suitors and Van Helsing then track her down and, after a confrontation with her, stake her heart, behead her, and fill her mouth with garlic because you can never be too sure. Mm, yummy. Yum, yum. Um, it's around this time that Jonathan, John, that it's uh, revealed that Jonathan Harker has escaped from his hellish prison in, uh... You know, Dracula's castle, and he is in Budapest. Mina goes to meet him. She marries him. They come back, and all of a sudden, uh uh-oh, Lucy's dead, and they have to join the campaign against Dracula. So the newly minted vampire hunters stay at Dr. Seward's, Seward's residence, holding nightly meetings and providing reports based on each of their various tasks. Mina discovers that each of their journals and letters collectively contain clues which can help them track Dracula down. So she takes it upon herself to collect the notes, research newspaper clippings, fit everything together in chronological order, and type out copies to distribute to each party, which they are to study. So basically, everybody's got a copy of where they are so far. Yeah, it's funny. Film adaptations certainly spend a lot of time on all of the... Um, no. Copying and... <laughs> it's uh, it's very, the, the very detailed. The yeah. into. And, and it's like, it's a very big part of Stoker's novel. Look, it's not glamorous, but it's how you get the job right. done. Exactly. And like, there's a whole scene where Dracula finds a copy of their notes, burns it, and like, oh, luckily they have another in the safe. And that's why you always make a copy. Right. Um... 
So Jonathan Harker tracks down the shipments of boxed graves and boxed dirt. I don't know why I wrote graves of boxed dirt from Dracula's castle and the estate which Dracula has purchased in order to store these boxes. Which happens to be well, sorry, I'm jumping around. <laughs> you can. I mean, I'm you just, can say it. The, the coincidences in this book are a little like. <laughs> Like what? Right? There's only seven people in England and they all know each other? Yeah, okay. Okay, no problem. Um, Van Helsing conducts research along with Dr. Seward to analyze the behavior of Renfield, who they learn is directly influenced by Dracula. And that connection is never made. Like no, it's why never explained. he why how Renfield and Dracula have become woohoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> woohoo. Oh, okay. All right, there. Woohoo. Woohoo. Is that right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, yes. Glad I got it. You did. Um, they also research historical events, folklore, and superstitions from various cultures to understand Dracula's powers and weaknesses. Meanwhile, Dracula's killed like a hundred people because yep. this is taking them forever. Exactly. Um, Van Helsing also establishes a criminal profile on Dracula in order to better understand his actions and predict his movements. So, the birth of criminal profiling, my friends. It's not glamorous. You gotta no. do the legwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homewood's fortune. Good thing there's a rich guy around. Mm. I always uh, try to have one in my back pocket. Right? <laughs> Assists in funding the entire operation and expenses. And it's costly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, because they're going around and just, like, destroying things and buying people off, bribing all over. Mm-hmm. Um, as the vampire all hunter... All those carbon copies. Right? <laughs> As the vampire hunters discover the various properties Dracula has has purchased, the male protagonists team up to raid each property and are several times confronted by Dracula because he's everywhere. Mm. But you know, I mean, they are like going to his house, right? So, you know, he might be home. Yeah, and you know, yeah, whatever. Um, as they discover each of the boxed boxes of dirt. Scattered throughout London, they pry them open to place and seal wafers of sacramental bread within, and this consecrates the earth, and Dracula is no longer able to use them as sanctuary. Oh, that's clear. Right? That's, that's fine. I, yeah. I don't... They've decided on the logic for their story, and they're sticking with it. That's it's, fine. It's good. It's great. Um, and then, of course, somehow Dracula learns the plot against him, and so he attacks Mina on three separate occasions and begins to feed Mina his own blood in order to control her. So this, oh my god, I hate when guys do that. To right? Me. It's like God, just give it up. So Leave her alone. Your, keep your blood to yourself. Yeah. Ugh. So of course this curses Mina with vampirism, and she begins to change, and it begins to change her. But she doesn't completely turn into a vampire yet. They right. just they're linked in the mind, and it's, it's very like a weird. Connection. Yeah. Um, Van Helsing attempts to bless Mina, and he places a wafer of the of the sacramental bread against her forehead, but it burns her, and she le- leaves a scar on mm-hmm. her forehead, and that's not what they were expecting at all. So, like, oh, no, what do we do? She's already unholy. Yep. Um, so, Mina has this link with Dracula, and so they begin to use it against him, and Van Helsing uses um, hypnotism, a cup, like, at dawn and at dusk, mm-hmm. in order to use Mina to kind of tap into Dracula and see what he's doing. Um, and so, because of this, they're able to learn that Dracula has it's kind of escaped in the last box that's left. Right, they destroy all but yep, one box. all but one. And they couldn't find that one. And so he's in that box and he's escaping. Um, so, But Mina, afraid of Dracula's thing, she's like, don't tell me how you're going to try and kill him. Because mm-hmm. I, because like, as the days go by, she's getting weaker and weaker and having, it's harder and harder to like keep her from 
letting Dracula in. And Mina's smart. Yeah. She knows what's going on. Exactly. Um, so the group pursues Dracula under the guidance of Mina. They end up splitting into two into three teams once they reach Europe. Van Helsing and Mina go to the castle of Dracula, and um, Quincy, Holmwood, Seward, and Jonathan kind of split off to track Dracula, who's in a boat. Right, like two of, them are, two of them are on a, bo- on a river. On a river. Two of them are on a boat, and two of them are going by right. horse or something, Yeah, right? exactly, because Dracula is, he was on a boat before he went to the river. He like, was sailing the long way through the seas, and then he ended up on a river. The Van Helsing and Mina reach the castle, Van Helsing raids the castle and destroys the demon bitches. Yes. Um, so, yay. Good there. for Good for you. No more babies dying. And so, eventually, the, all of the te- all of the vampires, um, hunters, converge again, and they attack the caravan that's carrying Dracula. Um, and Harker's and like... They're, and they're racing <laughs> against the sunset, yep. right? Yep. I'm um, sorry, what, what was Harker doing? <laughs> she's moving her arms like they're, like they're right. holding machetes or right. something. I looked up the what they had in Wikipedia, and it's very specific as to what knives each person, is, each vampire hunter is, is using. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Harker uh, shears Dracula through the throat with a kukri knife. I'm not sure what that is. Um, and Quincy, Quincy, sorry, I'm not the town, the person, Quincy, <laughs> stabs the Count in the heart with a Bowie knife. I know what that is. Yeah. It's named after David Bowie. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I know it was a joke. That was a joke, Sam. It was funny. I make jokes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. recently we explained to our four-year-old what sarcasm was. Oh, and she's like, so the other day I said something, and she goes, "Oh, mom, that's sarcasm, isn't it?" And I go, "It is, honey. Good job." <laughs> like she's like, "Got it." It's like a very high concept thing for a. It is. Kid her it's age, very so. good. <laughs> My kid is very advanced in sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, with your with parents as such as hers, she yeah. has to be. Gross motor skills, not so much, but her sarcasm well, is... You know. She's using sarcasm at a third grade level. I feel like sarcasm is a more important skill to have. Clearly so do I. <laughs> Anyways, they all have Anyways. knives. Anyhow, they also have knives. So, um, um, bec- after Quincy, Quincy stabs him in the heart, Dracula crumbles to dust, and Mina is freed from her curse of vampirism, and the scar on her forehead disappears. But however, soon after, the heroic Quincy dies from wounds that he has received in the fight. Mm-hmm. Poor Quincy. Uh, we end our story with a note left by Jonathan Harker, added to the transcript. With triplicate copies. Right? Yep. Everybody's got a copy. <laughs> Everybody's got a copy. And it's in like three different banks. There's a memo. <laughs> uh, seven years after the events of this novel, detailing his me- his married life with Mina and the birth of their son, who they name after all four male members of the party, of course, because he's a boy. Uh, but they call him Quincy. So young Quincy is depicted as sitting on the knee of Van Helsing as they recount their adventure. And of course, Seward and Arthur have also each gotten married and had children. Happily ever after. Happily ever after. The end. <laughs> Yummy. I really like in the book how the the f- it's a little contrived how they all like happen to mm-hmm. run into each other, but I I like the family relationship that they all seem to yes. develop very quickly. Like all of the men decide that Mina's basically their long lost sister, yep. and um, at at different points in the book, each and every single one of them like cries on her shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. They're She's there. like, oh, it's okay. Like, they just all trust her so much. Yep. And even after 
you know, Arthur gains Lucy's heart and she rejects the other two. Like, they all still love each other. Mm -hmm. Like, the bromance is strong. It is. And it's like they, 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 the three men, minus Harker, like, so Quincy, Seward, and Homewood, like, they all were connected before they met Lucy. Like, they were all in the, one of the wars together. Was it the Crimea War? Oh, who knows? I don't remember. The Boer War? Maybe, maybe it was a Boer War. Yeah, they mention it, but I don't remember. Um, So they all had this, like, brotherhood built before Lucy came into their lives. And they, you know, maintain that brotherhood even after Lucy has selected one of them. Yeah, I mean, they all all donate their blood to save Mm -hmm. her life. Yep. And they all, like, once she's gone, they all band together to save Mina. Who yeah. has just come into their lives with with Jonathan? I really, um, I really like that that bond, and I yeah, I I don't, I haven't seen that in any of the any adaptations of I've encountered. No. I'm like, that's one of the best parts. Yeah, and like, um, that's actually one of the one of my notes about the the film, the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, should we should we talk about the films? Yeah, let's let's do. Is there anything else you want to say about the books before we jump in? Um, I mean, I don't think so. I'd be, it was funny. I was rereading my, my version, which I had picked up. I had read it before, but I also read it in my Victorian literature class in college. Mm -hmm. And so that was a version I still had. And so like, I was going through reading my notes and I was like, plant slash slang for young minister. Why did I write that down? (laughs) What was 21 year old (laughs) Sam thinking? And I'm like, yeah, sarcastic tone. Okay, yeah, got it. Why do I care? <laughs> so I'm like going through and I'm like, oh, so then I just stopped taking notes. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then I stopped reading. And then I was like, what? So yeah, so uh, I don't remember any of that from college. So clearly something stuck. <laughs> Anyways, I think we all know college was an expensive waste of time. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> Ah, uh, you want to talk about Nosferatu? Yeah, let's start with Nos- let's start with the first, the chronologically first film. So, uh, and in fact, Nosferatu is the first film film yes. adaptation. Yes, it is. Uh, it was released in Germany in 1922, directed by W. F. Murnau, and it might not be so famous if it weren't for a copyright scandal. Uh huh. So the film was made without permission from Bram Stoker's estate. The characters were names were changed and the story was altered, but it wasn't enough. The widow sued, and uh, she won. Yeah, I mean, the lawsuit. not unrotten, like, not I mean, she's not wrong. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all copies of the film were supposed to be destroyed, but and a few did end up surviving, and it is now one of the most famous films of the silent era. Yes, and uh, it's funny, too, because in the version I watched, um, in the, like, in the dialogue that they show on the screen... Like, other than, like, Nina and a couple of other characters, like, they were using, like, Harker yeah. and stuff like that. But if you look at the IMDb trivia, like, those character names are not yeah, Harker so, and... And maybe part of this is because the vi- versions we have, like, are the were the lost ones that were refound. Right. Like, the, I guess the original sub t- subtitle, German subtitles were they lost. They would have, yeah. And then they, they ended up finding them, but um, the original music score is lost, so... Um, yeah, now we all just acknowledge this. Yeah, this is Dracula. So the the version that's on Amazon, it says, based on the book by Bram Stoker. Yep. And the character names, they're all the original ones. So in when it was first made, it was Count Orlock, um, who's played by Max Schreck uh, instead of Dracula. Uh, Gustav von Wagenheim plays Hutter, 
instead of Harker. Right. Greta Schroeder, sh- sorry, Schroeder, it says wife Ellen slash Mina, although in Amazon it's subtitles, Nina. it's Nina, which is not right. No. Um, and then Alexander Granach is the fly-eating madman, Nock, a.k.a. Redfield. Redfield. Yep. Um, also, they changed the location now instead of... Uh, our characters coming from London. They live in a German town. Um, and it's very, which very also, German looking. Yeah, oh yes. But also the town name varies from copy to copy. Yes. So the one that I watched, it was Bremen. And it's set in 1838. So it's a period piece now. Yes. Um, uh, though I do have to say, I don't know if you mentioned this later on, but um, the movie Shadow of the Vampire yes. is about the making of yes. I didn't, I didn't specifically mention that, but I thought I assumed it would come up at some point. Yes. So the this one came out in the late 90s. It stars um, John Malkovich as W.F. Murnau yep. and um, Willem Dafoe is playing Max Shrek. It's amazing. And it is it is very funny and dark and it is great fun. And I, I saw The Shadow of the Vampire long before I saw it. <laughs> so now I'm watching going like, oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, and Eddie Izzard is um, the Hutter, the Hutter actor who plays Hutter. And Carrie Elwes is in that as well. Yes, he so is. There's a, so hmm. connection there. And so yeah, it's just, I feel like and to really, truly enjoy Nosferatu, Shadow of the Vampire should also be viewed. There's a lot of vampire movies to choose from. I, yes. I highly recommend Shadow of the Vampire, though. <laughs> but anyways, back to sorry, 1922. Sorry. So we open with the creepiest character in the whole film, Jonathan Harker. Seriously, his <laughs> smile is so creepy. Oh my, he smiles at everything. It's, it's weird. Ugh. It's a weird smile. So Harker works for a lawyer named Renfield, um, who is sitting in the office reading a letter that is covered in a weird series of symbols and glyphs. And does he, like, blacked out... Does he have, like, blacked out teeth? Uh, you know, I don't remember. I thought he did. But he does have frosted-tipped eyebrows. Yes. He, like, his eyebrows, the base (laughs) are dark, and then the tips are frosted. It's a a look. I feel like that's what my stepfather's eyebrows are gonna look like if he's not careful. This is your warning, Paul. Right? Um, well, so we first see Renfield, and I'm like, oh, it's like Scrooge in his counting house, but (laughs) on acid. (laughs) So Renfield's letter is from his client, Count Dracula, who's looking to buy a house in town. Uh, Renfield recommends the house across the street from Harker. So Harker says goodbye to his goth wife, Nina, uh, leaves her in the care of their friends, the Westinras, and trots off to Transylvania. Trot, 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 trot. And immediately things get weird, as they do in Transylvania. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, there are warnings that there is a werewolf. The footage they use is, Werewolf! It's... There, wolf. There, <laughs> castle. I thought we were doing a thing. Um, so there's a werewolf sighting, although clearly it's a hyena. What <laughs> was a random hyena doing in Transylvania? That was a werewolf. That was supposed to be a werewolf. And they just oh assumed it's 1922. No one has Google. No one knows what a hyena looks like. They have zoos still. Well, they didn't have any hyenas at the zoo in Germany. It was 1922. They didn't. They apparently, they had access to a hyena to film it. And they didn't have access to werewolf, so. <laughs> um, I just, I wrote in my notes, I was like, what the? F- <laughs> what? Yeah, it was very bizarre. Um, there's other weird things. Uh, Harker's bed is like four feet off the ground for no reason, and he has to take steps up. Is there anything stored under the bed? No. no. It's empty space. In, this is Such stupid. a waste. Um, Harker also finds a book at the inn uh, oh on Nosferatu. <laughs> Random? Which, like, he just finds. He picks I mean, up, how handy is reading, that? And then he laughs, throws the book on the ground. Then he pulls his shirt down, t- 
ties the sleeves around his waist to make it a skirt. And I cannot stress enough how freaking weird Harker is before he even comes across the the, the count. Like it's just Harker is bizarre. Yeah, I, I I was just like I was. I basically stopped taking notes after that scene because so I was like, <laughs> like I don't nothing can beat this. I'm like this is I'm done. He pull, he pulled his shirt all the way off like off his shoulders all the way down his waist and I'm like what are you doing? That's not how clothes work. And then I'm like maybe I don't understand clothes. Maybe this is the way shirts always worked a hundred years ago. Right? I've been lied to. I don't know. I don't know. Do shirts work? Does anyone take their shirts off by pulling down? I don't no. know. No. No. That's, yeah. I mean I have. Yep. Anyways. Yeah. It was. I have thoughts. Let's. Let's move on. Continue with the plot. <laughs> uh, so, the next day, Harker's on the way to the castle. The carriage won't take him past a certain point. And again, weird laughing from Harker. Ugh. The title card says that, quote, the phantoms come to meet him, but it's actually just Pee Wee Herman dressed as Robin Hood. Good job, Pee Wee Herman. So, Harker gets to the castle, and the count is a adorable. <laughs> it's like, you know those really ugly dogs that, like, their mouths don't close, right? Yep. Yeah. And they look like they're definitely the result of inbreeding. Like, that's what that's he looks it. like. He's so cute. He's like one of the ugly dolls. He's an ugly from, doll. From yes. an ugly doll. So, um, he, he looks like a little ugly doll bat. Yes. So, Harker, um, he is welcomed in. He cuts his head. He cuts his head? What? He cuts his hand. Oh. Harker cuts his hand cutting some bread because he is holding the bread in his hand and cutting towards his palm. It is the <sighs> stupidest. No one should cut that way. I'm like, isn't the he first thing you teach you? He can't take his clothes off correctly. He cuts like an idiot. He I doesn't know how to treat books. Harker is not very bright. I don't know what Nina sees in him. Well, Nina has... She is very, like, 19th century heroine chic, so she's got yeah, her own problems. true. Uh, so Harker cuts himself and Dracula freaks out about his precious essence. I mean, blood. Uh, so, uh, in the, which by the way, in, when we were watching Bram Stoker's Dracula, there's also a thing where I'm like, it's Gelfling essence. It was all Dark Crystal all the time. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, in the morning, Jonathan has two little bite marks on its neck. He writes a letter to Nina. uh, And then he just finds a random guy on a horse who happens to be going by and gives his letter to him. And that works. So random. Uh, later, as they're signing documents for Dracula to purchase his new house, he sees a picture of Nina and comments, what a lovely throat. <laughs> it's like, really, of all things you comment on, that's the one thing not. Oh, yeah. It's no. not guaranteed not to weird out your but, friend. Well, you know what? Honestly, you don't want to be like, you don't want to come on too strong and be like, mm, nice boobs. No. Oh, she's got a lovely throat. Her eyes are up here. Yeah, well, clearly. <laughs> this Fred isn't looking at that. Um, so, okay, we didn't watch this one together. And you tell me if you think I'm way off base here. But the appearance of Dracula, mm-hmm. Count Orlock, he's got bushy eyebrows, a really large hooked nose, stooped shoulders. Does he kind of resemble the anti-Jewish propaganda from that era in Germany? A little bit, yeah. And, like... How deeply disturbing is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's been around. It's not good. No. All right. I just, yep. I noticed that and mm-hmm. made me unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, apparently our friend Harker, after he had thrown that book on the ground, he picked it back up and brought it with him to the castle because he's now reading it again. And he finds in the book that the mark of the vampire is on the victim's throat. Uh, then he turns around and finds that Stephen Miller, I mean Dracula, <laughs> standing outside of the door. 
Ah, real world, real world context. That's funny. Real, real world terror. Um, so back at home, Nina's sleepwalking. Um, we see the shadow of Dracula on the wall. Uh, her host, Weston Ra, is smoking a two-foot-long pipe that looks like a didgeridoo. It's so weird. I'm not exaggerating. It is a two-foot-long uh. pipe. I, <laughs> I don't understand. 1838 Germany. Um, no. So, uh, anyways, back in Transylvania, Harker sees Dracula himself loading boxes onto a wagon super fast, like they'd like sped up the right. film. So it's, it's yeah. like... He loads the wagon up super fast, gets in one, and then the box lid just puts itself on. Magic. It is magic. Once Dracula is gone, Harker rips up a sheet and escapes through the window. So, meanwhile, the boxes of dirt are loaded onto a ship. Uh, the peasants open one to find that it's full of dirt, but when they tip it over, there's a bunch of rats! Woo! I mean, rats are kind of gross. Uh, oh, I mean, only if you're expecting just, like, plain dirt, I guess. Yeah. Depends on... I mean, if you're expecting rats. Yeah. That's different. That's true. Um, Professor Van Helsing, is, back in Bremen, is instructing his students, showing them a carnivorous plant. He calls it the vampire of the plant kingdom. But if it was a vampire, wouldn't it be eating other plants? Yes. Yeah. So, strike one against Professor Van Helsing. He's, yeah, not that smart. Although then he shows them um, a microscopic polyp, but it's actually, the film is showing what's the view of the microscope, so it's actually Mm -hmm. kind of impressive. Yeah, it's cool, right? That's some advanced technology there. Yep. Um, All right. Across town, Renfield has been committed to a psychiatric hospital where he's being treated by Dr. Wolverine. (laughs) Uh, He steals a newspaper and is delighted to read about the Bremen Plague. And I think I took my notes correctly here. The sequence seems a little off that he's already reading about the Bremen Plague before Dracula Well, that's what, like that's one of the things I was super confused about. Like, when Nina's doing her sleepwalking and the shadow of Dracula's there, I'm like, wait, when did he get there? He's not there yet. I'm like, so because all of these, then, this plague happens. I'm like, when did he? I'm like, is he there? No, I don't weird. understand. And then he shows up. And I'm like, wait, so what happened? Like, how did they other people die? They were getting sick in anticipation. I don't I'm know. Not sure. I was super confused. I was too. So the sequence seems off, because then the ship arrives, carrying uh, Dracula's boxes of dirt. Um, the entire crew... Oh, I sorry, I skipped something really important. So before the, the ship is before the ship arrives, they're on the ship, um, the crew has been getting sick and dying, and only the captain and the first mate are left. The first mate takes an axe to one of the boxes, and rats crawl out of the hole. Yeah. Then he pulls off the lid, and um, there's this iconic image or, or some something that mm-hmm. vampire movies do where the vampire just like rises from his coffin with his arms crossed and he, he doesn't stand up he's just like becoming vertical so it's yep. this shot and so it's just it's there. very cool very famous and very cool so the first mate jumps overboard and the captain ties himself to the wheel and Nosferatu comes for him so when the boat arrives in town uh, the whole door opens itself again Dracula's using some magic and then Dracula is just really adorable he just kind of like slowly pops out <laughs> from the hole and it's really cute and then this I, I can't decide if this is my favorite part but it might be Dracula's just walking around town carrying his coffin under his arm <laughs> I know he just I'm just carrying this coffin I'm just looking for my hat I've never been here before so I'm just reading the street signs trying to figure out which street my house is on while I'm carrying my coffin and it's really funny too because it's like almost like a speeded up sequence so he's just like, like he's just like hop stepping like around with a coffin and you're just like what it's really and you're like what is, uh, what how, how did they do what <laughs> 
That's so great. Oh, man. Um, so the people of Bremen find the ship and the dead captain. Uh, investigators, including Westenra, find the captain's log. And I swear to God, it says on the captain's log, quote, Cape of Instagram. <laughs> I, I don't know why it says that. I don't know how it says that. It just does. Wow. years ahead of its They time. were super smart. So very soon the plague has paralyzed the town with people going door to door, marking houses with chalk. Uh, whenever someone inside has gotten sick or died. Nina opens the book of Nosferatu. So Harker stole the book and brought it back with him when he jumped out of the window. And... But did did he beat Dracula home? No, he's just... He's... Because he hasn't come back yet. So how did she get the book? Oh my God, I don't know. <sighs> maybe he's just come back. I don't know. So maybe she has her own copy of this book. I was it's a, so it's a confused. I was so confused. Anyways, I was not this, tracking. This magic book that can <laughs> travel on its own says that only a woman who is pure of heart can break the spell by offering her blood freely to Nosferatu, keeping him by her side until, quote, the, cro- the cock crows. What does that even mean, pure of heart? Mm, I mean, I don't know, but I'm I, clearly not pure of heart because I harbor evil thoughts. I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm not pure of heart enough to break a vampire spell. Right. So we're screwed. Yeah. We, you know, should, we should make friends with better people than us. Just in case a Nosferatu shows up. Would they be boring, though? They don't have to be good friends. Okay. They can be, like, once every three months friends. That's cool. Okay. I can do that, yeah. Um. So, uh, and by the way, I can't remember if I mentioned this before. The original score, uh, most of it was lost. Yes. Um, so different versions have different music. And uh, the version, again, on Amazon for free is really disjointed so in the first section it's um is it like calliope music it's organ it's an organ yeah and it's very like expressionistic and haunting but then there's scenes where it's like this was a scene of domestic bliss why is it all weird and haunting yeah, yeah. and then partway through it switches to this or full orchestra and it kind of sounds like the nutcracker it probably is honestly and then at some point it switches back no i know the nutcracker <laughs> And then at some point it switches back to the organ music, so it does not line up with the mood or the story beats or anything. It's really It's the weird. unauthorized version. It's the unauthorized of the adaptation Nutcracker. of the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyways, Nina is visited by the Count, and there's the iconic scene of the shadow of the vampire. Yeah, yeah that's where the title comes yeah. from. Uh, he stays at her bedside when the cock crows. He fades and turns to smoke when the sun hits him. And back in the asylum, Renfield says. The master is dead. Dun, dun, dun. Nina wakes up, cries, Jonathan, and collapses back into bed. And the final title card says that the shadow of the vampire vanished with the morning sun. And so, the end. Actually, the idea that vampires are killed by sunlight comes Not from this often. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because the count in the book, no problem. He's weaker. He's weaker, but he's day. able to walk around, no yes. problem. He doesn't even sparkle. Nope. So that is the film Nosferatu. Very nice. And I know I went a little in depth. It's just the film is very different from the book. Yes. They take a lot of different choices. And also, I do think it's worth describing in full detail how adorable Count Orlok is. He's so cute. <laughs> So, Sam, do you want to talk about... uh, And there have been many film adaptations. Yes. Everyone has their favorites. We're not here to judge. No. Or say that any version is better than another. Nope. 
But let's talk about Bram Stoker's 1992 version, Sam. Whoa, okay. Let's do it. Are you guys ready for a fun ride? Let's crack that egg open. All right, let's go. <clears throat> really? <laughs> I know, right? Released in 1992 by Columbia Pictures and a number of other companies, Bram Stoker's Dracula was directed by Francis Ford Coppola with the screenplay by James Hart. It stars John Wick as Jonathan Harker. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. Joyce Byers as Mina Murray. Joyce! Right? With Snail as Dr. John Seward. <sighs> the Dread Pirate Robert as Lord Arthur Holmwood. <laughs> the Rocketeer as Quincy Morris. And Odin as Dr. Van Helsing. Yes. And because I forgot the most important part, Sirius Black is Dracula. Oh my god, you forgot Dracula? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Okay, well done. Yep. Uh, and plus, Sadie Frost is Lucy, and I'm really sad to say that the only thing I really know about her, rather than her acting roles, is that Jude Law cheated on her with a nanny. Wait, that's Sadie Frost? Yep. That's that Sadie that's Frost? That's that Sadie Frost, and that is oh, awful. Oh, wow. That, yeah. that sucks that that's the thing she's most famous for. That's the thing I know her most of. No, that's the thing she's most famous yeah, for. Yeah, and I feel really bad about that. Um, but unfortunately, that's just the way the news cycle works, and that's the way my brain works. I mean, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? All right, so rather than give you a full rundown of the movie, because it is, it does hew pretty closely to the book, well, let me tell you all the ways this movie is not actually Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, go on. Uh, one, Dracula now has a romantic backstory and subplot. Uh, nope, not in the book. Uh, we open as Gary Oldman readies to leave his new bride. Gary Oldman with some, like, sick locks. Right? That I was like, that is a pair. nice wig. <laughs> nice wig. <laughs> Sean Connery would kill for that wig. Right? <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> um, we open as Gary Oldman readies to leave his new bride, Joyce Byers, and head off to war with the Turks, where he rampages through the battlefields in his dragon helm. He is victorious. But those damn Turks have tricked his beautiful bride into thinking he is dead, so she kills herself. And Gary Oldman is so upset, he curses God and turns into a vampire. Like you do. Doesn't he... Yeah, he stabs the cross. He does, and it gushes blood. And all Which, of, I did not know they did that. I didn't either. And it's enough blood out of this little teeny tiny hole from the sword that it fills the entire church full of blood. Uh, you would think crosses would be heavier if they had that much blood in them. I mean, them. it was a stone cross, so Do it's probably hollow. Do all crosses have that much blood, or is it just, like, the big ones? Just the big ones oh, in um, Transylvania. Oh, okay. That's a, that's, it's not Eastern Orthodox. It's not Western. It's like the Transylvanian. Yes. Yes. And uh, did you notice that the priest in that scene was Anthony Hopkins? Was Anthony Hopkins yes, I did. I did not until we watched it. <laughs> so the another so I didn't actually put this in my notes, but this is a good point. In um in this version of the movie, they connect the major players in the past. So Elizabetta, Dracula's bride, is played by Winona Ryder, right. who plays Mina Murray. Mm -hmm. So like she is his bride reincarnated both in soul and looks. Professor Van Helsing, played by Anthony Hopkins, is the priest who, you know, kind of like says, don't do it, Dracula, don't curse yourself. And he's like, I don't, hate God. Don't stab the cross. You know what will happen. Right? So he's like linking all the major characters, like all the major components. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they have, a ha they have a history and like, you know, they're right. doomed to repeat this kind of thing in the future. Not in the book. In any way, yeah, shape, or form. Not no. Um, so another change, and this one is actually taken from other 
from any of the, of the, of the other adaptations, including Nosferatu. So one of the things that has happened over the years is um, as new adaptations of this story come out, they basically kind of pick Oh, yeah, it's like a giant game of telephone. of other movies and yes. adaptations, yeah. Um, so in this one, the one of the things they chose is Renfield actually worked for the same employer as Jonathan Harker when I he doesn't in the book. I don't like that, though, because it is weird that Renfield, it's never mentioned in the book how well, he knows the count. I know, but that... one of the things I liked about that is, like, you don't need to know. It's like... Drac- like it's a kind of like Dracula has this power, like this all, like like there's a mystery of Dracula that just can't be solved. I guess it's just there's so it's so uncommon for someone to trans- travel between England and Transylvania. It does feel like it, right? But the thing is, help. like there there's nothing in the book that says that Renfield was crazy, like Rick, that Renfield's madness was caused by Dracula. The implication in the book is that Dracula was able to connect with Renfield when he showed up, but there's nothing in the book to say that Renfield has always been connected with Dracula, even when he was in Transylvania. I guess it's just... I guess my point is that whether Renfield had mental issues before he met Dracula or not, how did he meet Dracula? Because Dracula's isolated in this castle. Well, the Carfax Abbey is right next to the insane asylum. Oh, oh, so you're reading it as his... Dracula found an easy mark. I see. I know, see, I, I, I read it the other way. I interpreted it that because of the way he's, he's trying to consume life, that that comes from his exposure to the Count and the way he uses blood to keep himself alive. Yeah. That's, what, that's how yeah. I interpreted it. Yeah, but, that's, that's totally but that's, fair. I mean, that's yeah. fair that there's, I think there's different ways to interpret yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's one of the things, like, here... Interesting. There's okay. a an, ex, an explicit they draw connection. Clear, con- yeah. yeah, they get rid of any right. mystery or question marks. Yep. And so this Ranfield has went crazy when he was in Transylvania trying to close down this really big land deal, um, and it's this really big land deal that's actually then turned over to John Wick to close, and we all know how that goes. It yeah, it's not great. He closes the deal. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but his hair turns barely gray, then completely white, and then back to barely gray again. <laughs> it's really all about the hair, right? Absolutely. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, he's held captive by by Monica Bellucci and her friends, whatever. Who, like, I mean, it's total cheesecake, but the special effects of them rising out of the bed that was is, cool. is cool. Yeah. And the one there, there is yeah. a, there are a lot of exposed boobs in this movie. Yes. Unnecessarily, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually kind of um, bleeds right next into my next point. Mm. Um, Lucy's relationships with her students are actually more sexually flirta- flirtatious. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, did you notice that the Count has hairy palms? Yes, he does. Um, does he in the book? I thought he did in the book. Oh, did he? I think I, I thought he did. I thought that was one of the aspects of Dracula, the I Dracula legend. I could, I could believe you. Was the hairy palms. But maybe I'm just making that up. I don't want to Google it because I'm afraid of what will come up. Yeah, that's gross. Don't look at that. <laughs> Anyways, Lucy, yeah, Lucy's flirtation is extremely sexual. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yep. Um, and so her relationships with the suitors, um, I don't know why they're, and they are stronger. It's not what I put, but um, the, the three suitors have stronger friendships in the book than they do in the movie. Yes. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I I missed in this version of the movie was the the because it's such a short movie and they cram in all of this extra stuff. You lose out on this whole relationship building between Lucy and her suitors, Lucy and Mina, um, Mina and the the men, 
And then Van Helsing yeah, with the men. It's it's very... Van Helsing and Mina. You have to have some broad strokes, and it seems like... Um, Lucy and Mina are so very different. Lucy's... Yeah. Like, borderline... Right. She's very... Like she kisses all the three, yeah. She kisses all the three soder, all three suitors at a party. Like not just like, but and like you just yeah. And, not, like, and they're then they're looking at a copy of the um the Kama Sutra. Yeah. Together. Yeah, and so um, and then my my next comment is and Lucy and Mina's friendship is more adventurous. I'm looking at you, seen in the rain. Oh, <laughs> when oh, see the note that I took was that Lucy is walking the gardens dressed as Dana Barrett. Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> Yeah, and and then again, then there, and there's just boobs yep. out everywhere. Um, Mina's relationship with the the men folk is stronger in the book, mm-hmm. while remaining Victorian pure, which is my phrasing. Yes, of course. Um, they in the book they start out pursuing Dracula on Mina, on Lucy's behalf, but then it's all for Mina. While in the movie, it's basically still all for Lucy. Yeah, and it's like, and then um, because in the movie. Which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, Mina develops a relationship with the Count because he's her lost love. Yeah, and they she's start like going on love. They start going on dates. Yeah, so Mina it's is legit, like just like I'm sorry, but Mina is not Dracula's Brad's double reincarnation, what have you. I don't care. And like in the it says like I wrote in the movie they develop a connection a love and she begs him to turn her into a vampire so they can be together always like isn't that just a romantic thing most romantic thing and, no and then when she drinks his blood and it's all like uh yeah super yeah he like basically orgasms right and then he like he's like no it. no I can't let you do that and she's like let me do it and that's when the men burst in and he fly turns into an ugly bat thing and flies away but. Anyways, honestly, it's embarrassing how she lets a pretty face sway her so easily. It's not even that. A pretty face and ridiculously right. long hair. Yeah. Oh, no, just kidding. She, I mean, she has the right to make her own decisions, but... Sure. Fine. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. I mean, most of the movie, other than all this stuff, does stick pretty close to the book. If it, It's just much more condensed due to timing restraints, the unnecessary romantic subplots, and the dating. Um, the scene of... Dracula getting Mina's dear John letter, and then he's like crying. crying. Amongst the uh, 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 oh my God, Carrie Oldman! Could you chew are, any more scenery? And his tears are blue. I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the movie doesn't include the epilogue, and it kind of has half-acidly uses the epistolary devices of the journals. Like at the beginning, like you get Jonathan Harker's journal and Mina's and Doctor Seward's, but they completely just discard yeah. that towards the end. Like don't even bother um someone definitely cherry picked the bits to include in discard when they were writing this mm-hmm. yeah but i mean as i said on my quick take it doesn't hold up all that well i mean there's some later really impressive spectacle yes it's a beautifully filmed movie for the most part yeah and there's some very gross yes gross out moments yep and i think most of the effects are physical like it's not cgi Oh, yeah, they made so, a point of that. Yeah, and so I think Francis Ford Coppola, like, he told his son, who was the special effects director or something like that, he's like, I don't want, like, for do, like, the only, I don't want any computer generated. So I think the only thing that they ended up having to do computer generated was the blue rings that they... The blue, oh, the blue fire? The blue fire, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that that is, yeah. like, technically impressive. There is a yep. technical artistry to this film. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's worth viewing for that alone. And just so you can listen to Keanu try for a British accent. He tries so hard. There you were th- actual British people there. You don't think they would have been like, oh, Keanu. And you think he would have learned from Much Ado About Nothing. He did learn. not. He did not learn. No. But the thing is, like, I love Keanu Reeves now. And, I mean, I didn't, it's not that I didn't love him then, but, like, I really love him now because he, like, kind of recognizes and... He's a, he's a little better at being yeah. what he needs to be, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I watched that and I was just like, oh, Keanu. Oh, that's so adorable. You think you can do that. You know, we all make mistakes when we're young. It's true. He wasn't young. He was very young. Yeah, he's very young. Yeah, so that's the movie. Mm. Or the addition to the movie that didn't need to be there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that movie. And that's that movie. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right, well. Is it time I, for some fun and games? Let's have some fun and games. All right. I think we've deserved some fun and right? games. Right? I think so. We've subjected everyone to torture for the last <laughs> however long. <laughs> Three hours. That's how long the movie is, so. All right. Uh, who are your heartthrobs? Uh, well. Choose. I think you'll be super surprised by all of them. Mm-hmm. Carrie Elways. Yep. Richard E. Grant. Yep. And Billy Campbell. Oh, you went with the three suitors. I did. You went with the three suitors. That's very obvious. Yes, yes, So we did not have an exact lineup. Oh. Because I also had Carrie Always. Yes. I also had Richard E. Grant. Yes. Even though he was, like, shooting himself up with morphine, and I'm like, oh, is Dr. Seward a drug addict in this version? Yes. I'm like, doesn't matter. It's Richard E. Grant. Exactly. And I had Keanu Reeves. Oh! Despite the accent and the ever-changing wigs. Very nice. Good for you. I just... He is very attractive. No, I like him better than... Campbell. Uh, I don't know. Billy Campbell's always going to be the Rocketeer, so. And he tried. He like he is. He is great in the Rocketeer. Yes. But this isn't the Rocketeer, no, so he doesn't get a. That's mm-hmm. fair. Like that's why you do you and I do me, and that's it's totally why we fine. do ourselves. Yep. What are your top three styles? Uh, so, um, I had to limit myself to only things that didn't expose. Lucy's breasts for no reason. So that limited your choices. I know. So there's only three clothes left. Oof. Um, outfit number one, uh, at the party where we meet the three suitors, Lucy, uh, not Lucy, Mina is wearing a blue dress with like a white lacy overlay mm-hmm. sleeve. It's very pretty and demure and Victorian. Mm-hmm. Later, after she and uh, and the Count have been going on their hot absinthe drinking dates, um, she's wearing this red dress and a bronze necklace. Right. It's very dramatic, and I like that a lot, too. And then... Uh, towards the end when they're traveling through Transylvania. She's wearing this bottle green cloak. Yes, gorgeous. And I don't know how a school teacher who's married to a poor solicitor is affording all of these clothes, but they're gorgeous and I love yes. them. And I would like them for myself. Yes. What are your three outfits? Um, even though I couldn't see the color because the movie was black and white, I loved Nina's ope dress in the opening scene of Nosferatu with the, the bell sleeves and okay. the ruffles. I thought it was very, okay. very nice. Mm-hmm. I loved the silhouette of it. Um, I I loved Mina's blue dress with the amazing bustle and the matching hat, the one she like that she's first yes. wearing when she yep. meets the count. It's the epitome of Victorian dress, and I'm just I'm here for it. Yeah, I and loved she it. does carry it very. well. She does. Um, and then I liked the dress that Elizabetha was wearing when she killed herself. That was a nice dress too, right? That was if you're gonna kill yourself, look good doing it, right? And wear that gorgeous crown. 
Absolutely. So you go head first for into that the river. long, long plummet that is like super. Like she right? fell she for just a keeps really going. long time. I'm like, how high up is this castle? It's a really high up castle. I mean, it certainly doesn't look like it when Jonathan gets there, but whatever. Well, the castle's shrunk with age. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's how that works. Oh man, uh, do you have any questions for me? I do. Um, I stated at the beginning. I no longer think Dracula is sexy. However, Gary Oldman, I would say, is fairly sexy. Yes, he is. So, I have... My question... There's two parts. Is Gary Oldman the sexiest Gary? And the follow-up question is, can you name any other sexy Garys? Um... Does it have to be a famous Gary? Is there a Gary you just, like, know from, like, work? Is Gary well, no. from The Office sexy? I mean, I had a crush on a Gary in middle school. I wouldn't call him sexy, though. I don't think Gary's... I don't think anyone has named Gary in middle school. You become a Gary when you turn 40. No, he was a Gary. That's weird. Yeah, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, um, so there's a cute Gary when you were in middle school. Yeah. Um, it never progressed beyond, like, the, the, like, nice... Passing notes? Yeah. Okay. Or, like, not even that. Like, it was just, like, oh, he's cute. Type okay. of thing. All right. So, sexier than Gary Oldman? No. God, no. Um, Gary Oldman is definitely a sexy Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the only reason to watch The Scarlet Letter <laughs> is oh. because he's naked. Is he? Well... Yeah. And he's I mean, gorgeous still. I still don't want to do that for next season because that would mean I'd have to read that book again. No, oh no, I, I would never, I would never, would never I would never suggest that mo- that book or movie. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. I'm not not to say that any like if people like it, that's totally fine. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Nathaniel Hawthorne and living in Salem, you think I would be, you know, whatever? But no, um, no one is. Mm, I cannot, off the top of my head, think of another Gary that is sexy. All right. I feel like maybe I, I, I jumped on you a little bit there. Didn't give you enough time to prepare. That's Just okay. Some internet research. I mean, Google I... Google sexy Gary. Well, normally, like, my IMDb brain... You know. ...would know, but what other I'm blinking. What there? Not, not that I can think of. Right? Gary... I mean, Gary Glitter is terrible, so he's clearly not a sexy Gary. I don't even know who that is. He's an 80s pop star who I think molested children. Oh, I'm not going to Google him. Did you not remember that line from um, Sliding Doors? John Hanna's like something about Gary Glitter. Yeah, but I don't... I just didn't know what that was. Well, now you do. The more you know, right? There's Gary Busey. He's so not sexy. He's not sexy. Gary Uh, Oh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. I would. Okay. All right. Yeah. Gary Off. Gary Off. Gary Cole. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. He is pretty sexy sometimes. He's And he's very good at playing. Um, you know what? Gary F. and Cooper. Okay. So, Sam? That's the screw Mary Kill. <laughs> the Gary's. Um, Gary Cole. Gary Oldman and Gary... Wait, what was the other one we said? Gary Cooper. Gary Co- No, there was another Gary Sinise. And Gary Sinise. All right, all right. Those three Garys. The contemporary Garys. Okay. Um, kill Gary Cole. <gasps> just because I love his character in Office Space, and I feel like he deserves it. 
That's just his character, though. I know. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he does it really well. He he, he wears a mustache he really well, though. He does. Marry Gary Sinise. Of course. And then... Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. All right, so I think that... Because we can only conclude that Gary Oldman is the sexiest of Gary's. Oh, that's clearly never in question. And I would like to remind you all that my parents listen to this podcast. You're welcome. I brought it on myself. <laughs> I'm the one who asked this question. <laughs> you don't care. Your parents don't listen. No, they don't. Suckers. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um... And this isn't, I don't know, this isn't really a, a, a quiz. I just, thinking about all the gross, gross-out moments in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Favorite isn't the right word, but, like, what, is there a gross-out moment that, like, stands out for you as the best or most impactful? Obviously, the most impactful gross-out moment from Nosferatu is the hyena. Yes. <laughs> So is is that there a the parallel of the book. moment? Is there a parallel moment in Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula? I mean, can I say Gary Oldman crying? <laughs> because crying in a room full of candles that are floating. Well, what else are you gonna do with candles? Seriously. <laughs> And he's like, I mean, you guys, you're really deprived by not seeing Sam act this out. I'm like, I'm sorry, just like the expression on his face. It's a little overdone. It was the 90s. And it's Gary Oldman, and I love him dearly. He, but he, he emotes to the nth degree. At least in this movie, he does. Yes. Uh, hey, remember when Mina cries and he like takes her tear and turns it into diamonds? Oh my god, that's not in the book. No. <sighs> I mean, there is this, this like, like, which, like, fey lore, witch lore, or something, like, if you're, if it's a happy tear, it turns to diamond, if it's a sad tear, it turns to, like, ash, or something like that. I've never heard but of that before. I've read it in some books. Yeah, well, I think that book was but, written after 1992. It definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, come on, man, but that's, I know that's not the gross out moment, but that's what season one is. It's, 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 <laughs> it's gross, because it just doesn't belong. It really doesn't. Mm. Um, but no, I think, um... I think when they slice his throat at the end. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And it's Although, just like... How about when Lucy dies and there's like a freaking blood bomb that goes off? Yeah, what's that about? It's just a blood a blood bomb. Right? I'm like, I didn't know fast. that happened when you killed a vampire. He First of all, he shows up as a werewolf. Like, he shows up in a wolf form. He Dude, oh, he no, 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 no. Blood. He like rips her to shreds. The scene where he... Her, pardon my language. He, as a werewolf. As a werewolf. That's... That's nasty. That's gross. Yeah. That's weird. The the werewolf sex is disturbing and unnecessary. Yep. So that's my thing. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you on the werewolf sex. Thank you. Or when the werewolf shows up and just like yeah, sort of shreds and a blood. You know, and like off. the thing I liked about the book is he w- turned into an actual wolf. He turned into an actual bat. None of this half wolf, half man. Oh bat yeah, he's crap. like he's like hanging upside down. It's like a Batman type figure. Like Ugh. how many different forms does this guy have? Right, and you're like, but he's still like a giant man in a giant like, latex sh- bat suit. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I'm like seriously. I'm like you could. I'm like there's nothing wrong with him turning into an actual bat or an actual wolf like he does in the book. So um, I started watching the TV show of What We Do in the Shadows. I loved that movie. It's so the movie is great. The TV show is also excellent. They have a different cast, and it's like it's set in the same world, but yeah. they're, they're in Staten Island instead of... Um, but Jermaine shows up on it, right? He does. He has I a, he has a cameo. As, I, I do, too. Jermaine yeah. Clement is wonderful. But um, 
Matt Berry plays one of the vampires, and every time he turns into a bat, he yells, Bat! I freaking love Matt Berry! Oh my god! I love him! <laughs> and, um, and it's great. It's it's really great. The the, the three, the four lead actors, because there's three vampires and they're familiar. And um, Doug Jones does a couple yep. of episodes, and it's just wonderful. Oh god. And that is how you do a vampire right. Yes! And there's definitely some references to this movie, because at one point, um, someone... Uh, the, the female vampire who's uh, Nadja, she disappears and they try and follow her and they see the eyes glowing and then it's a pile of rats, <laughs> which is absolutely from this Bram movie. Stoker's Dracula. Well, he turns into a pile of rats. It's really funny, but I'm pretty sure that I read that Jemaine Clement's character in the movie is supposed to be like a riff on Gary Oldman's Dracula. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's legit. Because he's like this sexy, like, oh, I'm too good for I you. I'm a sexy yeah. vampire, but also I will rip your throat out. Right. It, it's, it's hilarious. I don't know what that accent was. Eh, he wanted to combine Keanu them all. Keanu Reeves is my accent coach, so. <laughs> Keanu says to do it that way. Yeah. I listen. Yeah. He knows what he's talking he's about. He's a famous actor. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't steer me wrong. No. So those are my quizzes and questions. Sam, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> I do. Um, so what do you think draws people to the story of Dracula? It's got to be a power thing, right? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> what was that sound? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I mean, so... Because you, you think about what's in the book and what has been translated in all of these different adaptations, and every adaptation does it very, very differently. I think what's weird to me is going back and reading the book, I'm, I am surprised at how unromantic Dracula mm-hmm. is. And that's why I was like, oh my God, originally Dracula was not sexy. He was not no, hot. like He was not a romantic figure. It is the epitome s- of Victorian literature. But so many people have uh, have romanticized him. Mm-hmm. Like I read, um, I'm actually glad you brought this up because this has been really bothering me. So I went to the Wikipedia page to do my research and there's a quote from Frank Langella. Who's, Frank Langella played Count Dracula in the 70s and to be fair to Frank Langella, he is a very talented actor. Yes, and super fine. Yes, super, super fine. he. So, if his name was Gary, he would be a sexy Gary. If he was name was Gary, I would kill all the rest of them. <laughs> so like, yes, Gary Langella, <laughs> I love you. Um, oh my god, so, can, we, can we send an email to Frank Langella and be like, excuse me, your name is not Gary Langella? Change it. I mean, not now. I mean, he's a little old for me now, but you know. <laughs> so he. He says, um, his quote about Dracula, he's, he's, he, he read the book and he says this, uh, Count Dracula was a dominant aggressive force. He must have Miss Lucy or he dies. Of course, this is in the version that he was in. They kind of combine the Lucy Mm -hmm. Mina characters. Um, Dracula as a character is very erotic. A woman can be totally passive with Dracula. He made me drink. I couldn't help it. Dracula seems to represent a kind of doorway to sexual abandonment not possible with a mere mortal. I don't... I didn't see that in the book. No. No. Um, And it goes on, I can't think of a woman who wouldn't like to be taken if it's with love. If you take a woman by force and at the same time gently, you can't fail. And I'm like, time out. Time out, Frank. No, that's not... No, no. I don't feel that way. This entire book is about the fear of foreigners. (laughs) It is. It's an invasion story. Are are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Bram Stoker wrote this because he didn't want foreign people coming into England. Bram Stoker was pro-Brexit. Yes! <laughs> you people missed the point of the oh book. Oh, my God. It's, it is it is Ugh. weird. Um, there's one other thing I want to say that Langella said. Okay. Uh, oh, in a 2017 interview, he said he saw, quote, 
he saw a gentleman in Dracula, while the bad guys are the ones who wanted to destroy him. And we see that today in many instances. Ignorance leads to the desire to destroy different people. There's the suffering of homosexuals or women. Oh, so actually that's interesting. Maybe he's more seeing like Bram Stoker was afraid of the outsider. Mm-hmm, he's but trying if you to look turn at it Dracula around. as the outsider, he's just like people mm-hmm. who have been ostracized and that's downtrodden. Fair. It's not, though, because Dracula ate a baby. He did. Well, you know he fed a baby to the demon bitches. I think in the book he also ate... Doesn't he eat... I don't remember. Yeah. I thought it was just to the demon bitches, but... I, I feel like he also ate a baby. Either way, he, he causes have. a he baby probably to did. be eaten, and then he feeds her mother to the wolves. Yep. And I'm... I not don't, okay with that. The, yeah. Immigrants don't do that. No. No, they do not. <laughs> immigrants come and, like, work and, like... Right. Help your economy and... They are good. You should want them to they're come. They're other human beings. You know what? Dracula's not a human being. Oh, my God. I disagree with Gary Langella. <laughs> I don't want to be anti-immigrant, no. Bram Stoker, but no. yep. Come on here, right? Don't be afraid. Did I answer your question? You I don't did. remember. No, you did. I don't That's remember what your original question was. Um, just what draws people to Dracula, but whatever. Them not reading the book is yeah. what draws them to Dracula. I think so. Because like the vampire myth- mythology has just exploded. It's become so sexual. Like I feel like in the last hundred years, Dracula yeah. become very sexual, and the vampire legend pre that wasn't no exactly so it, it changed something it shifted i'm not sure what i it would require more research than i was willing to do for this podcast <laughs> i already watched two movies and i thought about several buffy episodes isn't that enough <laughs> you keep mentioning sparkles so we're done i said buffy i know but you said sparkles many times earlier yeah but i didn't this time you are bringing up sparkles <laughs> i had forgotten sparkles i was thinking about spike which is a pleasant thing to think oh, about. Spike. He doesn't sparkle. I love Spike. He does have platinum blonde hair, though. He does, and his his fake British accent sounds is real. spot on. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> and David Boreanaz also was there. Yes, he was. But Spike is my man. Okay, I do have two more questions. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, Seriously... Why did Faye Harker smile at every His damn smile thing? was so weird. Cool. His smile was so weird. You know why, Sam? Because it was Germany. Okay. In the 1920s. Okay. Which is analogous to America in the 1970s, aka there was a lot of drugs. There's a lot of drugs going on. There's something. I think he was on a very potent mix of like over-the-counter heroin. Cuz the landlord comes in, I have no food. Okay. So weird. Also, what was with, like, in the very beginning, he's walking down the street, or I think he's, like, he's hurrying. Yeah. And some random guy comes along, and he's like, you don't have to run to meet your fate. And And then we never see that guy again. I was like, wait, was that Van Helsing? I don't understand. I don't know. It was so bizarre. I I don't. I could not follow the through line of that movie at all. (sighs) It's almost like they should have added in dialogue or something. Right? Movies should talk. Yeah. I've decided. It's a good thing that, you know, Silent is... It's it's gone. gone the way of the... Yeah. Silent film. Yep. I think so. All right. Uh, last question. Would you recommend any other versions for people to check out? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I actually have a list here. Oh, good. Um, so I have not seen all of these at all. So there's Bella Lugosi in 1931, Christopher Lee in 1958. The Bella Lugosi one is very good. Oh, so maybe I should watch that one. Yeah. That'll be next on the list. Once I've, like, kind of cleansed my palate, read a few other books. <laughs> Uh, Frank Langella did the 1979. Yep. There's been remakes of Nosferatu. Yes. Um, Almost accidentally watched one instead of the original for this <laughs> podcast. I'm glad you didn't. Um, I would highly recommend Shadow the Vampire. Yes. Starring Willem Dafoe. 
Um, I would also recommend Dracula 2000. Yes! It stars Gerard Butler. Johnny Lee Miller! It's supposed to be like set in the modern day yes. and Abraham and Van it's, Helsing's it's, um, granddaughter or granddaughter. Granddaughter, I think. Johnny Lee Miller Johnny is Lee, in uh, it. A and, bunch um, of great actors. Yes. Uh, is it Mackay Pfeiffer or Moe's Deaf? I think it's Mackay Pfeiffer. I think it's Mackay Pfeiffer. It's... It's so bad, it's good. Yeah. It, it, like, let's be clear, it is not a good no, no, movie. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. This was the... F- <laughs> I watched this movie... Did we Did we see it together? I think we did. We, we saw it, like, in Boston. Yeah, like, because Gerard Butler. We were, like, on such yes, a big Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler kick. And he is and he is beautiful, and he invited he him to see him sex hair. on the ceiling. Oh. Which, you know, who doesn't want right. to do that? I would do that with and him. And then they... I th- So I think that was the movie that we saw... <gasps> they in- call him Jerry. Or Gary. This is they call Gerard... Gerard Butler. I think so. <laughs> is it Gerard? I think so. I think it's Gary. Well then, he's a sexy Gary. Sorry, Gary Oldman. <laughs> Gerard, I've Ger- um, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to have sex in the ceiling with Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. No, just with Gary Butler. And maybe Gary Cole a little. A little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, I think. But I think that movie, like that, it was the kind of theater where like people were shouting at the screen. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was great. very entertaining. It was great. Uh, but it's a bad movie. It is. But I think everybody should just watch it for fun. I think we, sh- we should have rewatched that instead of, <laughs> of Bram Stoker. Because it, like, it doesn't try to be true to the source material. Yep. It's just yep. good, terrible fun. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then they also did a, a recent one a couple years ago with Luke Evans, which I have not seen. I saw that one. How was it? Um... Oh, uh, it was oh. fine. It was f- okay. It had Charles Dance, so I couldn't hate it. <sighs> yeah, Charles Dance is. How come Charles Dance hasn't played Va- Dracula yet? Right? He looks like a vampire he was, all the time. Uh, I love him. He's so good at playing awful. He is Just awful people. Um, <laughs> so many Draculas. Oh my god! Oh, so little time. Um, I haven't read the trilogy, but there is a young adult trilogy that reimagines Dracula and like that whole saga where she, it's a, uh, uh, a young woman who like has her, it's like her and her brother and their family is destroyed by the Turks and her brother like becomes like consort and friend to the Turk, leader of the Turks, Mehmed, and she, like, is rebelling against them, trying to take back her crown. Ooh, isn't that the actual life story of Vlad the Impaler? Yes. Like, his his brother became a... Yes. He so allied with the Turks. Like, like, he's reimagined as this this young woman. Okay. So, I haven't read it yet. I don't know if it's any good. Um, Interesting. But that is out there. Alright. What do you, do you remember what it's called? And I... Darken. Uh, it's by Kirsten White, I think the author. Is. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So add it to the list of yeah. things to read when we're mm-hmm. in between seasons. Yep. And um, I know I make fun of them, but there are people who legitimately like Twilight, and that's fine. I personally read the book. I only read the first book, but I did not enjoy it. Well, I read half a chapter and I couldn't finish it. So, so but those are also out there. But those aren't tragic. I mean, if we're just talking about vampires yeah. in general, right? They're definitely not. No, but Believe they're like not. the vampire mythology has basically grown out of. Yeah, Dracula. I mean, there's so many other the Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer is a yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, but, I, but yeah, I, Dracula is like Dracula is one of those characters that is. Yeah. So iconic. I, I actually I, wait. Didn't Dracula 
didn't they have Dracula on one of Buffy? He episode? was on an episode of yeah. Buffy, and um, Xander kind of went all Renfield. Yeah, and yep, uh, yep, yep. Giles almost got eaten by the three right. half naked Dracula brides. Yep, yep. It was not their best episode. No, it, it was not their worst episode. It's true. Um, yeah, so that, that's the thing. Like, there's tons of books, yeah. movies, and TV shows that they're not quote unquote Dracula, but Dracula's a character or he's yep. referenced. Exactly. Or, I mean, he's everywhere. I, according to according to Wikipedia, um, Dracula's appeared in over 217 films as a major role, and he is second only to Sherlock Holmes, who has been in 223 films. Okay, kids, you've got a lot of watching to do. And most of those are not necessarily adaptations of the novel. They're just the character is featured. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's just he's, one of those. He's become, like, the most popular yeah. character. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Mickey Mouse, and yeah. Dracula. That's yeah. it. Go for it. If you're Whew. into that kind of thing. I, yeah, I guess. All right. Is it time for fake awards? I think so. All right. Who's your Jeff Goldblum award go to? Uh, so my Jeff Goldblum award goes to, and this is, this is going to be a long one, so bear with me. Oh, okay. Max Shrek and Anthony Hopkins with a runners-up to Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman. Okay, do you want to talk about why? Uh, Max Shrek, because I feel like he just became Count Orlock. That's what everyone says. And you can see that, like, even, I mean, like, I know, like, their Shadow of the Vampire, and, like, that kind of spoiled me, but, like, you can definitely see it mm-hmm. in the movie. Okay. Yeah. But he's just, like... <clears throat> Sorry, I just my lost my voice. Okay. Like his little dance with the coffin. <laughs> Why was he carrying the coffin? I'm like, I think that I just, might have been his idea. I just think he's so adorable. Yeah, right. Uh, Anthony Hopkins because, I mean, come on. He's not Anthony. He's not ever not Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Wait, how many how many negatives was that? Was that a triple negative? I don't know. I lost track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Keanu Reeves just because. He was, like, so Keanu Reeves yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he was. Um, and then Gary Oldman, because, again, he was just so Gary Oldman in that movie. I, I have to agree with you. There are way too many Jeff Goldblums to choose from. I feel like everyone yeah. in that movie is like, it's like, what are, what are you doing here? Yeah. What is that? Yep. I mean, yep. you're not bad, but yeah. it's not a bad thing you're doing. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm here dis- for it. I'm distracted by what y- you're exactly. doing. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, who's yours? Uh, none of those, but I agree with all of them. <laughs> I, I had a hard time narrowing it down, so I decided to go with uh, Gustav von Wagenheim, nice. a.k.a. Hutter, a.k.a. Harker. Because mm-hmm. this freaking weird smile is so oh, disturbing. So weird. And it just, it, it so was distracting. I it very upsetting. And then that he doesn't know how to wear a shirt. Yeah. No. Or how he, to treat books. He can't do anything. He is very strange. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Other awards. Um, so my, like, come on, really? Award goes to Gustav von Wagenheim for smiling at every damn thing. I feel like the come on, really award could go to a lot of people, though. It's a good. Um, and then my last award is the award for taking it a bit too far goes to Anthony Hopkins and Max Trek. Dial it back, gents. Dial it back. Again, I feel like the award for taking it a bit too far could go to a lot of people in these movies, (laughs) including whoever decided... We should have more bare breasts. What, what are your rest of your awards? Oh, I have so many. So, <laughs> the Bad Touch Award goes to Anthony Hopkins because mm. he meets Mina and he's immediately like, he's got his hands all over yes. her. Yes, I'm like inappropriate. That is not okay. It's yep. Victorian England. Get your hands off of her. Yep. 
your hands off, Winona. Do you think it's because they just don't know Dutch people? And so they, like, were stereotyping the Dutch? Look, I am descended from Dutch people. Well, that's something. Like, do you think Anthony we... Hopkins has never met a Dutch person, and so this is what he thinks they do? No, he went to Amsterdam, and he was like, well, you go to the red di- red light district. And so then that just skewed his entire perception of Dutch people. Well, that's dumb. He, he just got way too into his research in a very narrow way. The wrong research. Right? I think, I think that's uh, Amsterdam, right? Amsterdam Amsterdam's red light I think so. Okay. Sorry, I just had like a momentary brain lapse. <laughs> it happens frequently. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be smart. I don't know what happened. Mm. Oh, I know. I had children. <laughs> uh, the Secretly Married in Real Life Award goes to Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Congratulations, guys. You've heard that legend. Yes, that I apparently have. They, it was a real priest. They in brought them. a real yeah. priest in for their wedding. Congratulations. I'm so happy for it you. It is actually blessed in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. And the MTV Video Award for Best 90s R&B Music Video goes to Dracula's Dates with Mina. <laughs> And the floating candles. They're, like, dancing in the floating candles. Oh, my God. Seriously. That's so so dumb. weird. Why are they going on dates? They don't know each other. And he is weird and gross. And like just there's she starts calling him her prince and her dark Mina, prince. There are like, oh. so many red flags, Mina. You could have had Keanu. Right? Like, there's nothing wrong with Keanu in that moment. Except for his accent and his hair. Yeah, but just, you just, you don't need him to talk. Da, right, thank you. He doesn't need to talk. Doesn't need to talk. You don't need him to talk. I'm not okay with All right. Yeah, sorry. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> and on that frustrating note. Right. Oh, next episode, though, we will find you. Stay alive <laughs> no matter what occurs. Yes, we'll be reading and watching and swooning over The Last of the Mohicans oh, by James Fenimore I Cooper. I am so excited. <laughs> too. It stars the method actor to out-method all other method actors, Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm. And this brings back so many memories of high school and watching this with my friend Diana, and I've been hooked on this movie ever since. Um, I am very much looking forward to sharing the story of the first time I watched this movie. Nice. And I laughed so hard. I peed myself a little. Oh my god. Um, can we watch can we can we also re- 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 recount the story of the, the first time we made your husband watch it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We can do all of those things. It's gonna be story time with Anna and Sam. It'll be great. It'll be so much fun. Anyways, I interrupted you again. No, I'm done. That was oh, all I had okay. to say. All right. yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we hope you have a wonderful Halloween. Help us spread the spooky word. Yeah, yeah, Is that not, that. that's no, not working? No, that's not working. Right. <laughs> Help us spread the word. <laughs> rate and note to self, don't do that. Uh, rate and review on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave yes. a review and we might just read it on air. Ooh. Tell your friends, coworkers, and creepy undead aristocrats how great Adapter with Anna and Sam is. And get in touch with us. Send us your questions, your comments, your ideas for season three, and your six degrees as always, to adaptedwithanna and sam at gmail.com. Or post on Facebook. You can find us at Adapted with Anna and Sam. Uh, we'd love to see memes. You know, send us some fan fiction. Ooh. You know. Who's your Send us sexiest a picture Gary? Of your sexy Gary. Yeah. yeah. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Adapted Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Thanks for listening to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna, and I wish Knives Out was based Ooh. on a book. I'm Sam, and I wish With Nil and I was based on a book. <gasps> Bye! Bye!